Hello everyone, I'm really delighted to be here today to have a talk with you about women's entrepreneurship. Um, I'm Manjeet Ridon and I'm the Provost of DMU Dubai, that's our campus in Dubai and I really would love to talk to you about why I'm really very interested in women's entrepreneurship and also SDG 5 which is gender equality. I'd like to talk a little bit about three particular sustainable development goals. Firstly, SDG 1, which is end poverty in all of its forms everywhere. SDG 5, as I mentioned, achieving gender equality and empowering all women and girls. And then also SDG 8, which is really around promoting sustained, ex inclusive and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment and decent work for all. All three, of course, are really, really relevant. And I think gender equality um, is an area that would help to bring more focus to the others as well. So I think in particular, I'd like to address the issues around inequality, inequity, but also to look at progress. And across the world, if we look at what does global inequality look like, it's actually quite uh, a serious issue. So globally, over 750 million women and girls were married before the age of 18. In 18 countries, husbands can legally prevent their wives from working. In 39 countries, daughters and sons do not have equal inheritance rights. In 49 countries, there's a lack of laws protecting women from domestic violence. And globally, women are just 13% of agricultural landholders. Even in the most egalitarian countries, including the UK, Europe, the US, women still lag behind men in pay, management and company ownership. But against that global inequality, there are signs of progress. For example, in Southern Asia, a girl's risk of marrying in childhood has dropped by over 40% since 2000. In 46 countries, women now hold 30% of seats in national parliament and in at least one chamber. And also a proportion of women in paid employment outside the agricultural sector is increasing. And more than 100 countries have acted to track budget allocations for gender equality. So things are changing and they are getting better, but clearly from the global inequality that we have, it's still you know, a very, very serious issue, I think, facing us. And I think in terms of, you know, as a university and in terms of my own role, I think we all have a narrative of change that we can bring to the way that we want to address some of these issues. And in terms of myself, I think firstly, many of you won't know this, but I'm the first woman in my family to go to university. So I can't help thinking that what would my mother and grandmother have had if they'd have had the opportunities that I've had by going to university? Um, also, in terms of discipline, I discovered when I was quite young a great love of literature. And I was always an avid reader of fiction and social history from a very young age. And I was always interested in the stories written particularly by women writers and about different cultures and countries. And literature became my key passion, and it was also the door to reading English and American and Canadian studies when I went to university for my first degree, for my master's, and also for my doctorate. 
And around this idea of narrative change, I felt that storytelling and the power of using one's narrative, one's voice to make an impact comes out of my love for literature, but it's also the way that writers can give you access and understanding of cultural differences, and they help us to explore issues of race, gender and social history. And in terms of women's leadership, I think it's a way for me as well to demonstrate as a provost how to use one's narrative to raise awareness of important issues like gender equality and women's empowerment. And, you know, as an example I'd give you is the video of, you know, Amanda Gorman, who um, on President Biden's inauguration, she gave a recitation of her poem. And I don't know if, how many of you might watch that, but it was very, very moving. And it was, you know, a very young girl whose poetry is a passion. And she spoke so movingly about what it meant to her in terms of politics to see the opportunity. And that, to me, shows what a narrative for change can, can take place if you have that voice and you can use your voice. Another area, I think, as a, as a narrative for change is around how education can really open doors for us. Uh, for myself, um, it allowed me to travel. Um, as part of my first degree, I studied in uh, the US uh, at the University of California. And certainly it was one of the best experiences I could have had in terms of stretching my educational experiences. And also I think higher education as a young woman, it, it allowed me to understand academic excellence and something that I began to see as being a lifelong journey and one where, it, you know, it's based on merit and personal experience. And it was the first time I learned that as a woman of colour, I could achieve recognition for my academic merit and use my education to overcome racial and gender discrimination. You know, through my studies, I, I, I achieved a, a first and a distinction in my master's. I also went on when I went to do my doctorate. Um, I was awarded a full doctoral grant from a really uh, prestigious research council. So it was wonderful to have this acknowledgement of what, what I was very much interested in and to have this recognition and, and that itself was really very motivating. I think another area that can be a narrative for change is when you have children. And as a mother of two daughters and a son, it made me even more determined, uh, not only about my own education, but that of my children. So again, you know, I think empowerment of yourself through education can also lead to that of others, which, you know, which is also very important. And I think, you know, gender equality goes hand in hand with a sense of education for all. So it's as important for boys to learn about gender equality as it is for girls. Fairness for all and, you know, no human is limited. Um, I, I, you know, I think that I feel quite strongly that um, uh, higher education allows you a wonderful space to really write your narrative as you wish to and to take that forward. So taking that sort of idea of a narrative for change, I, I would also like to suggest that students are change makers. Around the globe, universities and other higher education institutions are all looking at leadership and becoming increasingly mobilised around the United Nations Agenda 2030 and the related Sustainable Development Goals. Um, and SDG 5, as I mentioned earlier, is receiving more and more attention due to its critical and crucial role for the advancement of all the SDGs in society. So, you know, we could say that a university's mission must be to create a community of participation, fairness and collective responsibility for all. 
to empower our students to contribute to a fair and sustainable civil society. And of course, you know, men are, men are part of this change. And this can be achieved through the consideration of, you know, our personal, corporate and social responsibility. And this would necessarily involve gender equality in the empowerment of women, sustainable futures, equality of opportunity, good technology, industry networks, individual empowerment. I think that, that can be another important area. And I think, you know, during the global pandemic, I think what became really clear to us was that there is inequality. You know, we've undoubtedly seen the repercussions that COVID-19 has left on the education sector in every household around the world, especially in terms of girls' education, particularly since girls who were educationally marginalised in some countries have become even more marginalised and less prioritised during the pandemic. On the other hand, we are seeing further exacerbation across a number of critical issues such as gender discrimination, school dropout and low enrolment rates, not to mention the effects of the prolonged school closure on mental health and child protection. So, you know, all in all, we must build awareness um, around um, girls' education, the importance of girls going to school, uh, also about ensuring that girls learn and feel safe while in school, and that they have the opportunity to complete all levels of education, acquiring the knowledge and skills to compete in the labour market, and also to gain socio-emotional and life skills that are necessary to navigate and adapt to a changing world, and make changes and decisions about their own lives, and therefore contribute to their communities and the world. And I think it's really important that if we are aware of these issues, then university can be a great place as a change maker itself. It's a place where it can provide great connections for young female graduates in terms of their economic futures. So for example, at the university, we've got a number of projects that we have where we are encouraging students to be involved in initiatives whereby we support economic empowerment for women. For example, in one of our faculties, the faculty students have looked at the challenge of India's urban waste management. And in a couple of years ago, there was a workshop that was facilitated by one of the partners in our uh, Square Mile India project. And they developed a really innovative and successful social enterprise business model to solve this exact issue. And there were two components of this workshop. First, people invited to the workshop, they had to play the role of one of several stakeholders in this system. So it was really the idea around put yourself into their shoes to build an understanding of the needs and concerns through which you will understand the drivers of the current urban waste management problem. And then second, everyone invited to the workshop was, was asked to kind of like look at how, to, how would you drive innovation. So we know the urban waste management problem is vast. And we know that the solution needs to you know, be scaled up while keeping women's empowerment at the core of our focus. So, you know, and in another, in another example, we had alumni that came to one of our uh, prestigious programs that we have in partnership with FIFA. And they came to discuss the future of women leaders in sport. And in this example, we had a number of alumni, women alumni who qualified from the course over the last few years and they took part in a question and answer session where they were looking at female leadership in international sport 
and they were drawing on their own experiences of entering a heavily male-dominated sector in different parts of the globe. And a huge range of topics were covered, including the panel's own experiences as female leaders in the sporting world. They looked at the politics of Donald Trump, the way that media portrays women in sport, and even the implications of having girls and boys in motorsport. And, you know, these graduates, they work for very, very um, senior positions, both uh, FIFA in Zurich, overseeing development projects in the Americas, working in motorsports. And, and it was really heartening to see alumni coming back to DMU and having these kinds of conversations, really helping to raise awareness of, um, of, of important issues as they're finding them working now as female leaders in sport. So I think... You know, universities as change makers, it's, it's, it's what we can help to be for our students. Um, you know, DMU has been showcasing at the Dubai Expo, uh, for example, that's, that started last month. And we've had exhibitions of sustainable fashion and textiles. And in December, we shall be having uh, presentations, including one which will feature a discussion on SDG 5 and why global girls' education matters. And we're very pleased to be hosting this important discussion and have senior representation from the Prime Minister's office with Helen Grant, who is the Special Envoy for Girls' Education. And then recently we've had the exciting announcement that the UAE will host the COP 2028. Um, sorry, COP28, and, and which means that DMU Dubai uh, will be in the right place at the right time for our students to make an important stand at this event. And the UAE government has said that COP28, which will take place in 2023, will be a solutions COP. And, you know, certainly DMU Dubai will be planning to come to it solution-focused. And one of the ways we shall do that is to improve awareness across our campus of carbon management. So, for example, each of our students will be taking carbon literacy training, and this will be helping them to better understand the climate emergency and to develop meaningful plans to play their part in combating climate change. And I think, finally, I'd just like to, as well, value our partners, because I think... It's really important that the university can be a change maker, but the only way it can be a change maker is to develop partnerships with particular partners. So it's really important that with our Emirati community and with other businesses in the UAE, that we can really build partnerships where everyone values the importance of some of these issues, such as SDG 5 and, and how we can work together to really improve the opportunities for both our female students and our male students and, and thereby make change really positive and of benefit for all.